0: Hey, and welcome back to the podcast of Idiots and Intellects. I'm here today with my good friend Chloe, who has a face for radio. Hello. And today we are going to be talking about pet adoption. So Chloe, you have a lot of experience with pet adoption, don't you?
1: I do. I foster for a rescue called Sandy Paws, and I also adopted my dog through them.
0: Yeah, so... Um, why did you choose to adopt instead of buy from a breeder?
1: Because I like to save lives. And um the dog comes fully vetted, so you don't have to do anything. They're spayed or neutered with their vaccines. And
0: yeah, it's just yeah, and they don't die. <laughs> Basically, because the rescue you got Yuri from and that you foster for pulls from a high-kill shelter, right?
1: Yeah, they pull from a shelter in Alabama. Uh,
0: Do you know about how many dogs and cats a year they have to euthanize?
1: They euthanize about 3,000 to 3,500 a year, just in that one shelter.
0: That's a shit ton, just for one shelter. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so many.
1: I don't know what it's broken down to, but combined, that's how much it is. For
0: dogs and cats? Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um,
0: according to the Humane Society of the United States, 2.7 million healthy, perfectly adoptable dogs and cats get euthanized every year in the U.S. alone. Damn. So definitely try to get out there and adopt your dog if, or cat if you're looking for a new pet. Um so what's the difference? I know we kind of touched on this from adopting to buying from a breeder.
1: Well, the breeder you don't know, it's hard to tell when if they're a good reputable breeder because a lot of them could just be doing it for the money versus like keeping a good um pedigree for a breed. So you might not getting the healthiest puppy and um, you might not; they might not have the best genetics and everything, which you would hope for in a breeder. Whereas, like a rescue, we stand by the health of our dogs and um, not reproducing them because there no, there's enough of them on the streets or in someone's backyard getting used and abused.
0: Yeah. So, where was Yuri from? Your dog,
1: Yuri, um, one of our southern fosters. She saw an ad somewhere where this lady was giving away free puppies, so she went and got them all, so they wouldn't get into the wrong hands being free. Mm-hmm. And so she fostered them, and they came up, and he was my foster puppy. But I liked him, so I adopted him. And a lot of the other dogs our fosters will actually pick up as strays off the street, so not even all of them come from the shelter. They like legitimately get rescued out from Alabama from being street dogs yeah or just like hoarders or just abandoned dogs that are left tied to a tree
0: yeah um I also adopted I have two dogs that I adopted Lola is from Tennessee and Asia is not from Asia Asia wow I fucked that up (laughs) um she is from Alabama and they were pulled from no kill shelters and you mean
1: kill shelters
0: or yeah kill shelters wow (laughs) I'm fucking this up so much.
1: <laughs> um, so they would have died without you.
0: They would have, yeah. And when you adopt a dog from a no-kill shelter, pulling from a kill shelter... uh <laughs> Um... You are kind of saving two lives because not only are you adopting and saving the life of that one dog that you're taking home, but you're also saving the life of the dog that's replacing it within that shelter or that's with a foster. True.
1: So. Hoping that they get rescued themselves. Yeah. Um, do
0: you think that, cause there's this kind of stigma around adopted dogs or cats that um, they're not as good as dogs from a breeder? Like, they aren't, you know, they're damaged goods.
1: Um, I guess it just depends on what kind of dog you get. I mean, puppies are a clean slate. So, <laughs> if you get a puppy, you're, you can just start from scratch and definitely still be saving a life and rescuing them. Um, a dog, it just depends on where it came from, but usually when you bring it into a house with, like, love and... um patience too they can just become just as good of a dog um it all depends on the experiences they have mainly most of them are more shy than others but they definitely open up quicker than you'd actually think
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so that's super nice i don't think they're damaged you can definitely get a damaged dog from a breeder because you never know what they went through before you ended up buying them right so it i i think it's always hard to tell i Ever since I started fostering, I don't think I would want to adopt a dog or get another dog without, like, like fostering's a great, like, trial and error type thing, so, like, mm-hmm. if you foster a dog and it doesn't work out, you just hold out until its family comes around and you try another one, and if they fit in perfectly, then you adopt them and keep them. Yeah. So it's a great way to find the perfect dog that fits in your family so you're not returning dogs or anything that you think would work and don't hmm
0: And that's actually how a lot of dogs end up in these high-kill shelters, right? Like, they'll, someone will get a puppy for Christmas, and then a year later, the kid isn't interested anymore, and the parents don't want to take care of them, so they're like, just get rid of this dog.
1: Right. Or they just don't even put in the training, so then the dog is naughty. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's not the dog's fault. Right. Which is stupid.
0: Yeah, you have to be a responsible owner, at all times. Right. You can't just get a dog and expect it to work out with you having any effort.
1: <laughs> right. Puppies are definitely a lot of work, but if you do it right, they're worth it. Mhm. hmm
0: um, How often does the rescue that you work with adopt out dogs? Like, how many adoptions do they have a month, roughly?
1: Oh, um... So, we do our transports from Alabama about every three weeks, and we adopt out anywhere from about 25 to 35 of those dogs straight out of the transport, and then um, the rest of them go into foster homes, and then we wait for applications to come in for them. So, we're probably adopting out about 40 to 50 dogs a month, I'd say. It really depends. Summertime and the nice weather definitely we have higher numbers versus the winter. People aren't really wanting to bring home a new dog. Yeah. But um, they're kind of slower then. But it's probably around forty to fifty. Summer we might actually even get in more, but that's yeah, probably average.
0: Um, what's the process when they come in off the transport? Like you said that the driver goes down Friday, gets there. Picks them up on Saturday, and then they're back by, what, 8 a.m. on Sunday?
1: Yep, they get to our location at 8 a.m. on Sunday, and then we all work as a team to get them off the van. They go straight outside to go potty, or if they're a puppy, they go in the puppy pen with the potty pads. And then we start their vetting process, so they go up to the vet, they get weighed, they get like a general examination Check for fleas that type of thing and then they get their microchip and they get some food in their stomach and then they go back in their crate um, and then so that takes about three hours to get all the dogs done because each transport has anywhere from 35 to 50 dogs in the van and then at 11 um, it's open to the public and we start our adoptions.
0: That's a pretty pretty intense process. It's, takes a lot of hard work.
1: It's a very busy day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure
0: it's very rewarding, though, by the end of it, when you see puppies go home
1: with yeah. their new families. It's nice to look around at 3 o'clock and see how empty the place yeah. is. <laughs> There's, like, not that much dogs left. Yeah. Um,
0: Frosty's foster had a similar kind of process, um, and that's where I adopted Asia from. And they would get off the truck... Then they would all get food and water. Then they would all get little baths. Um, It was really cute to watch. And, like, they had it set up on this farm where there were five different stations. The first station was the food and water. The second station was the bath. Um, The third was weighing and a basic overall vet check. Mm -hmm. The fourth was vaccinations. And then the fifth was, I think, microchip. And just basic paperwork to go along with the dog. Yeah. I walked into this driveway and I just saw all of this for the first time and it was (laughs) the most incredible thing. There were so many It was outside? Yeah, it was in the summer. Oh. Which helps. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it was the most incredible process to watch because everyone was just working so hard to get these poor skinny (laughs) dogs (laughs) new homes.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah. A lot of these dogs, when they come from the shelters, too, they're, like... They're a little fucked up. (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, they are. Asia was really, really skinny and a little skittish yet. Just, when they get off of the truck, they all seem so sad, too.
1: A shelter's a very sad place to live, but it's better than the streets. True.
0: (laughs) Yeah, at least they get fed. Yeah. Um, And, like, Lola, when... I adopted her, she was bow-legged, Yet she was four months old, she was bow-legged, and she was the saddest excuse for a dog I'd ever seen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's not bow-legged anymore, though, is she? A
0: little bit, but most of it, she grew out of most of it, because we put her on, like, the best food we could find, and um, it's kind of a nutrition thing, like, as long as they're given, you know, super good nutrition when they're puppies, they'll grow out of it for the most part. The, yeah. But she couldn't run around for more than, like, two minutes without having to lay down because I think oh my her legs bothered her so much.
1: Hey, that's kind of nice with a puppy, though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to chase her for very long. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> She'll tie her down eventually. <laughs> yeah.
0: She had um, two other siblings, too, and she, like, would not play with them Aww. when we saw her in the shelter. She wouldn't play. She wouldn't come greet people. She wouldn't do anything. She was just, like, the saddest freaking dog.
1: Aww, I was like, that baby. one's
0: miserable.
1: <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> I'll take the saddest looking one there is. She just reflects
0: my own feelings. <laughs> um, so, let's see. Let's talk a little bit about um, the kill shelters themselves. So, do you have any statistics, like, from the shelter that you, uh, the Sandy Paws, pulls from?
1: Yes. So... In the month of January, we had 159 owner surrenders, 87 strays, so there was a total intake of 246 animals between cats and dogs, and then during that time, there was 13 of them that were claimed, 29 of them were adopted out, and 123 were rescued, so um, in the end, there were 77 pets that ended up being euthanized in the month of January.
0: And that's actually a really good number, isn't it? Yeah,
1: 77 is actually really good because then when you look at the whole year of 2018, the total shelter intake was 3,828 um, animals at the intake between owner surrenders and strays and only 1,756 of them were saved between being adopted, reclaimed, or rescued. So they ended up euthanizing 2,006 animals that year.
0: 2006 animals from one shelter in just one year. Yes. That's a little crazy.
1: That's a lot of dog, animals, dogs and cats. (laughs) Danimals. Like, there was
0: a yogurt company called Danimals or something like that. Yeah,
1: it was really good. Was it? Yeah. Oh. They were like little yogurt shakes.
0: Really? Yeah. See, I didn't like yogurt until like the last two years. I thought it was... Gross! I don't know what. It you gotta
1: get the really good yogurt.
0: The really good yogurt. What yogurt do you eat?
1: I get the whipped yoplait. No way! It's not like yogurt yogurt. It's like whipped, so it tastes like mousse.
0: Oh. Mm. oh I'm gonna try that. Okay. anyways, dogs. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, the way that they euthanize the dogs in these high kill shelters, some of them have such mass volumes of animals that they have to put down that they even use gas chambers. Gross. Which, yeah, I think that's crazy. Like, Hitler did it, and God forbid anyone talks about Hitler doing it, but we can do it to all these animals. In the United States. Yeah. So that's a little crazy. I just found that out. I never thought that that was even a thing. Um, I didn't either. Yeah, that's a weird thing to think about. Like, just, I don't know. I'm sure that that's a very stressful experience, like, f- to live your last couple of minutes.
1: Yeah, you would think, like, that doesn't even, it doesn't work too fast. Like, I think the shot would be better because it's instant. Mm-hmm. Not that we want them to die, but, right, you know. Yeah, there's just
0: so many animals that don't have homes out there that, like, it's expensive to feed them in the shelters, too. It's expensive to vet them. Like, it's yeah. just a very expensive kind of process. Um, But for the gas chambers, sometimes they'll place several animals in all at once, um, and they can start fighting out of fear and desperation. Um, For several minutes, they can be in that box getting gas before they actually, you know, die. And, of course, they're struggling for air, you know, sometimes beginning convulsions, convulsions did I say that right? I don't know. Convulsing, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, before they finally lose consciousness. So yeah, it's, that's a little crazy.
1: Um, can you imagine walking into a room full of dead animals? Right. Like, Can to, you like, imagine having out?
0: that job to like be the one to have to gas these animals? You
1: gotta be like the most heartless person ever. I know.
0: I read a little bit about someone who had that job, like that's what he did. And he fucking hated himself every day. Good. And why he would he would, take a job like that? Right. Like I guess it was a small town, jobs were limited. But he would go and feed the dogs. Him and his friend would go and feed the dogs like cheeseburgers and stuff the night before. They would go buy a whole bunch of food and just like have all the dogs so eat does their that last meal. Better kind about of thing. themselves,
1: or? I guess because <laughs> they're still doing it,
0: right? It has to be the most terrible thing to have to remove the bodies from that.
1: Gross. Like, what do you do with the bodies then when you have so many of them? I don't
0: know. That's something I probably should have looked into before we started that. <laughs> but and I just I can't even imagine that feeling when I worked at they probably cremate them. I would think so. That's probably the most efficient way. Cause like I worked at that vet clinic, that shady vet clinic, for a very long time. <laughs> And you can choose to get your animal cremated but not get the ashes back, and I'm assuming that that's what they do.
1: What if I want my ashes?
0: Well, you can have your ashes back if you want. Just don't let them mix up your animal's ashes with another animal's.
1: Right, bring home my animal's ashes, it's not even my animal. Yeah. I'd be pissed. Well, I I wouldn't know. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I don't even want to know how often that happens. Not even with animals. Like, how often does it happen with people where, like, they cremate the wrong body?
1: I mean, how many people are they getting in at once to cremate? Yeah, I don't hopefully know. not more than a few. I know. <laughs> oh, I got ten bodies to cremate tonight. Oh my god, that's got to be a
0: terrible job too. All just everything is terrible. That's what life is meaningless. T- <laughs> Everything's no <big> bad. <laughs> no, but like from working at that vet clinic, I had to move a couple bodies too. Oh my god, it was the most terrifying experience to like. <sighs> Put the animal in a black garbage bag, and then, like you just watched this animal die too, and then, you know, still freshly dead, you put them in a I'm, still like an vomit, Just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, you put their warm bodies in a garbage bag, and then you tie the garbage bag shut, and you carry it down the hall, into the back room, and you put them in the freezer with the rest of the dead what? bodies. What in the freezer? In the freezer. Well, you don't want the bodies to start smelling. That's true. But. It's just the most awful experience because, like, you can feel how lifeless they are, and like, it's it's terrible. So, it's not a good job, no, to be gassing these dogs or to like have to be the one to constantly put them down. Um, But some other high kill shelters do sedate the animals before they give them euthanasia, so which I think is stupid. (sighs) Yeah, kind of because the euthanasia serum is instant. Yeah, like. You, as long as you do it right, I don't know how you can do it wrong. You
1: I don't know, know either. <laughs> Don't um, you it just, put it in their bloodstream? Yeah,
0: and it immediately stops their heart.
1: We actually gave Yuri a shot not too long ago. He didn't like getting poked. Not a
0: euthanasia shot, just no, to be clear. No, <laughs> distemper.
1: He got his distemper. <laughs> he did not like getting poked. Yeah. He was not impressed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but...
0: Yeah, to sedate them before giving them the euthanasia, I guess, is kind of pointless and kind of a waste of resource, yeah, in a way.
1: We, we put my dog down a couple of years ago, and it was, like, instant. Like, yeah. less than a minute. Yeah, so it's very, very quick. Sedating them, I don't get what that's doing besides wasting money. Yeah. And So, sedation. I guess,
0: I mean, it's in a way, I can see how it's, like, better for them because they're completely out and...
1: Maybe for the high-strung ones to calm them down. Yeah. But, like, a needle's a needle, so if you're giving them the needle for the sedation... Yeah. Like, I don't
0: know. Whatever. But, um... Yeah. Oh, and that's another thing, too. The kill shelters don't euthanize just, like, the old sick dogs. They euthanize in bulk, basically. Like, like they'll euthanize full litters of puppies,
1: don't they only give them like so long to be in the shelter until they're like until they euthanize them like maybe like yeah.
0: I think for um super high volume shelters, it's like a week or two and if they aren't only adopted by then. Yeah. Cuz that's how many animals they have coming in. That's that crazy. they can't afford to just keep any animals longer than necessary.
1: See, in Kansas City, they're not they're not a kill. Missouri's not a kill whatever um, yeah so KC Pet Project is one of the biggest shelters no kill shelters in the United States it's a third mm-hmm. to be exact but um, and they get like so many pets in but instead of like killing them obviously they just run specials like they'll either do like um, $35 pet adoptions or sometimes like in really bad cases they just um waive the fees just to get the animals moved Yeah. Into homes, because, like, there's people that, like, they can afford the animal's care, but maybe you can't front hundreds of dollars to adopt them. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I think it's also important to note, too, that in general, adoption is cheaper overall than buying from a breeder anyways.
1: Right, because they're fully vetted, and Mm -hmm. you just, like, the next time you probably have to take them to the vet is in a year for their um, shots again. Yeah. Which is under $100 for all of them. Yeah. So it's not that big of a deal.
0: And adaption fees in shelters that I've seen usually are, like, range from 150 to 350 Yeah. And that's usually cheaper than a single puppy from a breeder. Plus, right. they're already completely vetted, up to date, you know, they're healthy.
1: Well, and if you pick a good... I don't know about shelters, because they're more... They're not... They don't have as many people, but, like, rescues... Between all the people working, volunteering, and fostering, they'll, like, be there for you if you have problems. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll do anything they can to help the dog stay with you so you don't move it or have to return it. Yeah. Or something like that.
0: Oh, and that's important, too. A lot of shelters, most rescues, um, I keep using shelter and rescue interchangeably, but they're kind of different. <laughs> so most rescues will take the animal back if you can't continue to care for them.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's
0: in the adoption contract, at least for, like, Frosty Fosters, where I got Asia from.
1: And yeah, I've seen that that's like pretty that. typical. I don't think I've ever heard of a rescue that doesn't require it. Yeah. Like, most, like, even shelters, like, you have to bring the dog back. But they're not, mm-hmm. like, as strict about it, because I see people rehome them on their own. Yeah. But, like, the rescues are super strict about it. Like, yeah. we monitor the rehoming sites for any of our dogs. hmm Because we don't want them... Yeah, and I think that just
0: shows how fantastic rescues are, too. Like, if this dog is not working out, okay, that's fine. We'll take him back. No questions asked.
1: It's well, see, fine. that's why I like about rescues, though, too, because they're, like, 100% volunteers, so you know that people genuinely care about these dogs. At shelters, these are workers, and they're getting paid to do it, right. so they might not care as much and put as much, like, effort in. Yeah. I mean they're working there so obviously they care but right. like rescue's like it's a hundred percent our own personal time. Like we don't get anything out of it except like just ha- the happiness. Reward-
0: <laughs> the rewarding <laughs> feeling Yeah, of the emotion. I'm helping. <laughs> um Yeah. So there's so many dogs and cats. Um, that just don't have homes. I read a statistic, like, one in every ten dogs ever born, only one dog out of this ten will ever have a home. Forever? Just
1: in general. So the other ten, the other nine, like, spend it in a shelter Shelter, or Shelter, stray,
0: euthanized, just one in ten dogs have a loving home. That's ten percent. Yeah. That's That's crazy. That's so sad. That's crazy. So, um... (laughs) It's very important to spay and neuter your dogs, too, so that we aren't continuing to add to the problem of unwanted pets.
1: You know, I heard mutts live longer anyway. Mutts live longer anyways? Than, like, purebreds. I, you know, I heard that, too. Yeah. Um they have, like, a better health overall.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the science is behind that. I think it depends on the kind of mutt, too, because there's, like, some breeds that just yeah. don't mix well, like pugs with their breathing issues and stuff yeah. like that.
1: Well, like, Yuri, I don't know what the heck he is. Yeah. He's a dog. He's a dog. That's all he
0: is. Yeah. A cute dog. Yeah. Both of my girls are mutts, too. I don't know what um, Asia is at all. I have absolutely no clue. She is... Really weird, and she has extra toes on her back feet. She has seven toes per back Which paw. Which is like
1: a Pyrenees thing, but she is not a Pyrenees. No, she
0: is not. She has a little stubby tail. And Maybe it's just a deformity thing. I think she's just all sorts of messed up. <laughs> she's,
1: <laughs> she's special. She's,
0: yeah. I It's funny because I picked her from an online photo of her through the group Facebook page mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god this dog is so cute i love her i'm going to take her home and foster her and then it did already like by the time i was walking up i was like nah i'm just gonna keep this dog i walk in and i see her and i'm like this fucking dog has seven fucking toes on each back foot a stubby little tail she's awkwardly built she has really big shoulders and a small head what did i do <laughs> and i still took her home because she's a sweetheart
1: her pictures make her look bigger than she is.
0: I know. She's actually really small. She's really long. She has such a long body. Like, she can stretch from, you know, long, lengthwise, across your bed. That's crazy. She's really long, but she's, like, a short dog. I don't... Yeah. She's just really awkwardly built. I. But she's so cute. She is such a sweetheart. She is such a lover. Like, she'll snuggle under the blankets with you. She has Aww. to be touching you for her to be able to sleep. like that's how lovey she is and I don't know I just the love you get from rescue dogs is 10 times that of
1: any other dog I think like because they get deprived it for so long so they cherish anything they can yeah they
0: really they really really appreciate owners that love them
1: they are so cute. They just love life. Once, ha- once they have a good life. Yeah, once they
0: have a good life, they're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, okay. Make sure to spay and neuter your pets and don't contribute to this growing problem.
1: Please stop buying from backyard breeders.
0: Yeah, back backyard mills, breeders are not pet great. Pet
1: stores. Stay away from pet stores. They go from puppy mills.
0: Yeah, they do. Didn't Anamark get busted for something like that, where, like, they keep buying from puppy mills?
1: Petland is a really bad one. Really? Like... I've never even heard of that, actually. I don't know if they're in Wisconsin, but they're down in Kansas City, Mm -hmm. and, like, my one... Someone I know went there, and they were trying to, like, sell her a French Bulldog for $1,800. Oh, my God. Like, I know, like, they're expensive dogs, but, Mm -hmm. like, from, like, a pet store... Like you yeah. don't know they' you don't know what kind of breeder they're coming from, anything like that, like I have a friend that got a Frenchie for a thousand mm, mm-hmm. and so like you I don't know that just seemed outrageous, especially like obviously if you're buying for a pet store, you're not gonna be like showing them or anything like that where you need to right. be spending about two grand
0: right i've um I've had a lot of people tell me horror stories where they've bought from like Animart or other pet stores like that, mm-hmm. and they get the dog home, and, like, two or three days later, the dog is near death because they have so many health issues. Like and Parvo.
1: Like, a lot of them come home with Parvo. Yeah. Well, and workers, some of them at pet stores work off of commission, mm-hmm. so they will push that puppy sale just so they can get paid.
0: Yeah. That's a little crazy. Yeah. Just adopt. It's so much better.
1: <laughs> yeah. The workers care so much more about the dogs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like... Every rescue that I've ever had any sort of experience with, they do the best to set up the animal they're adopting out for success. Like, they just want to have that animal have success in their new family. Right. Or, like... We're
1: n- like, we're not going to push any family to adopt a dog if they're even questioning it. Right. Because we're, like, we're looking out for the family, but we're looking out for a dog because we don't want it returned because that dog's just going to get confused and scared. Yeah.
0: Um, So, people who buy from a breeder like to say that they buy from a breeder because they want a specific breed. Right. How difficult is it to find a purebred animal in a shelter or rescue?
1: Honestly, it's not that difficult. I feel shelters might be a little more difficult to get a purebred, but rescues, like we've, I've seen multiple um, purebreds come through our rescue. We had purebred standard poodles. We had some purebred danes mm-hmm. um i forget beagles every now and then we get a purebred and it happens more often than you think um but then there's also very breed specific rescues like border collies are one of my favorite breeds and they have like a border collie rescue or an australian shepherd rescue or it really depends on the type of breed and how common they are that you can more than likely find a breed specific rescue that rescues that breed so then You can still get your purebred dog, but you're still rescuing it versus buying from a breeder.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very important because a lot of people want purebred dogs.
1: For some reason. Yeah, I feel like
0: that's an odd thing to start with because if you're getting a purebred dog, what's the purpose? Like, unless you're going to be showing them.
1: I think they just like to know what they have or whatever.
0: I don't know. I gotta tell you, it's... It doesn't matter. Like, Lola is the best dog that I could have ever hoped for, and she is an Australian Shepherd mix. I don't know what she's mixed with. She's kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad would always say, like, never bring home another dog with a tail in the shape of a question mark, because she has a curled tail.
1: <laughs> That's so funny.
0: But, yeah, no, she is the sweetest, dumbest dog <laughs> no she's the best I would not trade a single day like without her I don't know
1: I think like I don't think breed matters as much as like people meeting the dogs and seeing if their size is what they want Mm because some people want small dogs it shouldn't matter like yeah what kind of breed they are as as far as like um energy level too like the fosters or the shelter workers are gonna know if it's a more energetic dog too. Mm-hmm. So if you're if that's something you don't want, that's another thing too.
0: Like when you get from a rescue and they've been in foster homes, you can already you know have a description of how that animal is in a home. You know yeah. their behaviors, what they like, what they don't like.
1: Well, and it's adjusted to that home setting. Like mm-hmm. getting like a stray dog from a shelter. It's gonna, it's gonna be a little more stressful for the both of you to adjust to the home life. Yeah. They're not gonna, they're not used to it, and you're trying to learn this dog, like... Yeah. Like, I'm not saying don't do it, but you gotta, if you're gonna do that, you're gonna need to be a lot more patient. hmm But, I mean, some of the shelter dogs are owner surrenders, so wor- it it wouldn't be so bad then for that either.
0: Yeah. Um... So, how often do you think no-kill shelters have to turn away new animals coming in? Like, because poorly funded rescues can't take in all of these animals all the time. You know, there's a limit. How often do you, like, does your shelter ever turn any
1: animals away? Um, it's, well, our southern fosters, Mm -hmm. they definitely do. Yeah. (laughs) Because... A lot of our southern fosters will have, like, 15 fosters at a time. Oh, so, really? Yeah. That's but a lot. They keep them in, like, outside pens just so they can have this many, like, at a time. Mm-hmm. But hmm um, But, yeah, they've, they've had to turn them away depending on their health. Like, if one of our fosters finds a dog in a ditch, they're not going to turn it away, obviously. They're going right. to pick that dog up and bring it home. But, like, if someone's trying to surrender a dog to their vet office, and their vet office calls them, they're probably not going to accept it, because we're usually always full. Yeah. Except, like, unless we just had, like, a transport, but usually within days after the transport, our fosters find new dogs already. Yeah. It's just that fast.
0: Yeah, there's just such a need um, for rescues and fosters and adoption, basically. Right. So, yeah, well... So you've had great experience with adopting. I have. I've had great experiences with adopting. Um, definitely check out Sandy Paws Rescue based in Fond du Lac, mm-hmm. and Frosty Fosters based in Beaver Dam. I think.
1: Yeah. Um, I think so, but they're all. Yeah. The fosters are located all over. Yeah. Which is nice.
0: Yeah. So definitely check out those pages on Facebook. They have Facebook pages and yep. they update them quite frequently. Uh, if you're looking for a new furry friend to add to your family, definitely consider adopting or fostering uh, before anything else, because saving that one life can really actually save two, and that's, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. I mean, two is very very small dip into the number that's needed, but it's a good start. You could adopt two dogs, too. You could. Then that'd be like saving
1: four. Yeah, your dog needs a friend.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. There are some bonded pairs too where you have to take Yeah. the two partners basically. How often do you get a bonded pair in? Not very often. Not very often. Us- so,
1: usually like usually they're pretty good to separate um or they're just not coming or they just come in like big groups of like 5. Mm-hmm. So, we yeah. just separate them, but that's every so often. Too.
0: A lot of dogs just come in in a big group, so they aren't attached to anything.
1: Yeah, usually they're only fending from themselves, but staying together as a pack. Yeah. Alright, well, that's it for today's podcast. Go adopt a dog now,
0: but only if you're responsible. For the <laughs> love of God, only if you're responsible.
1: Please don't feed food from
0: Walmart either. Food from Walmart? It's trash. I feed Lola the Rachel Ray stuff. Oh, I guess that's not I didn't know Walmart had that. Yeah. Yeah. The green bag of Rachel Ray food. Not right.
1: sponsored. <laughs> do not feed Purina. Yeah, that's bad. Perina is trash not good. Or science diet. It's not as good as you think. All and right. I think blue buffalo has lead in it, so
0: Blue Buffalo has lead in it? Mm-hmm. Oh my it kills god. Kills dogs. Alright. Well, this has been eye opening. <laughs> now I know <laughs> what <laughs> what we need to do another podcast on. <laughs> Dog food. Dog food that will (laughs) kill your dog. Great. Okay, well, we'll see you next time. Okay, bye.